I say cleanup, this is actually a different story, but it is familiar, very familiar to the story that we shared when we were last here, and we were talking about changing our process and our processes being broken. But we want to share a little bit from this story that kind of picks up on where that story left off, and I know that God has something special in store for us on this morning. 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 1 from the English Standard Version, it reads like this. The, one, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. I want to talk to you for a few moments from the thought the oil is flowing. Say that to your neighbor, the oil is flowing. And the question that I have here is, do you have oil with no pots? Or do you have pots with no oil? That's gonna be our, our thought on this one. Do you have oil with no pots? Or do you have pots with no oil? And we're going to juxtapose the two positions on, on this morning, and we're going to talk about each and the advantages of each. And just for the purpose of this exercise, uh, my people on the left here, you're going to be my people with oil but no pots. And my people on the right here, you're going to be the ones with pots but no oil. I, I want you to consider the position that you're in right now. We have oil over here, but we don't have any pots. And we have pots over here, but we have no oil. I want you to consider your positions as we go through this exercise and, and, and blend God's word into what we're trying to exhibit here. Because the woman here was in a desperate situation. Yes, yeah, the, the prophet asked her a question, and, and when he asked her the question, he, he, he says to her, what do you have in the house? But you have to understand the position that the woman was in, because sometimes, and I, I, I'm not talking to everybody, but somebody is going to chime in and understand what I'm talking about. When you have a devastating loss in your life, you think more about what you've lost than what you have. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking to everybody, but, uh, but when you lose sleep, understand she had just lost her husband. She was not thinking about her assets. 
She was not thinking about what she had. She was more concerned about what she lost. I lost my lifelong companion. I lost the love of my life. I lost the the father to my children. I I lost my legitimacy because I have a covering when I have a husband. I I, I lost the income flow that was coming into my house. I lost all of that. And now you dare to ask me, what do I have? What do I have left? What do I have left? I've got good news for somebody in here. Because you've experienced some devastating losses in your life. But I came as a word of encouragement to somebody. I came to tell you, you have something left. And I want you to point to somebody who, who might be experiencing loss in their life. Look at them and tell them, you have something left. And not only do you have something left, God will work with what you have left. I, I wish you would talk to me this God will, he's going to work with what you have left. See, some of you are too busy chasing what you lost. But God said, I'm going to work. Come on in here with me. I'm going to work with what you have left. Remember when he fed the 5,000? He wasn't worried about what food he didn't have. He said, does anybody have any food? Do you have anything left. I want you to consider that that question in your mind. Do I have anything left? And he said, the boy has two fish and and, and five loaves and and the disciples. Now listen to this. This wasn't just someone who's walked on the street talking to Jesus. These are the disciples who had walked with Jesus. And when they said, these two fish and five loaves are, are nothing compared to what we have here. But Lord, at thy word, (laughs) Jesus, whatever you say, we're going to follow what you say. Remember when he was in the wedding feast and and they ran out of wine? And then his mother said, uh, they've run out of wine. Jesus said, woman, what does this have to do with me? Mary said, whatever he says, whatever he says. You do it. And I'm telling you, with whatever you have left, whatever God says, I wish you were in here with me. Whatever God says, you do what he says with what you have left. Because God's going to work on it. He's going to work on it. It don't look like much to you right now, but he's going he's gonna to work on it. And the thing about it, it's interesting to me in the, in the text, when the, the, when the prophet tells the woman to borrow jugs of oil, then he says, close the doors on you and your sons. I don't want anybody else to come in the house because I don't need any interference when I'm working on what you have left. And the problem is, God wants to work on some things in your life, but your doors are open. Your doors are open. Somebody say, shut the front door. (laughs) God is trying to do some things in your life, 
but your doors are remaining open. You're allowing too many people to intervene in what God's trying to do for you. You can't tell everybody what you're going through. You can't tell everybody what you need from the Lord. And let me give you this. You certainly can't tell everybody what you believe he's going to do. I tell you, faith comes by, but so also does doubt. Doubt comes by hearing. And if you have enough people who are speaking over your life and speaking over your dreams, that toxicity will kill what God's trying to grow. God, God's trying to grow something with me. God, God's working on what I have left. But when I leave the doors open, the toxic environment of the people around me will kill what God is trying to do. Somebody say, shut the front door. I, 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 I need to enclose myself so I can be immunized from what people who don't like me, from people who don't have faith on my level are trying to do in my life. My dream needs a certain environment. Oh, let me tell you, your dream needs a certain environment. If you don't fall on the right set of circumstances, I don't care how big your dream is, your environment will kill it. Let me talk to you today, we're talking about the, the Super Bowl. And Titans fans, I hate to tell you, some of you may not realize this, but the, 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 the greatest, biggest player, the face of the NFL, is Patrick Mahomes. He's on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I hate to tell you, Titans fans, to remind you, because I'm a Titans fan myself, but several years ago when he got drafted, we passed on Patrick Mahomes. We had an opportunity to draft him. And I'm not going to pour salt on the person we drafted. You can look that up yourself. <laughs> but but I, I, I wish that we had drafted Mahomes. But then I began to think about it. I began to think about this very multi-talented man who, who, who was then coming out of college there at Texas Tech, where he had lit up so many defenses with his great arm. But he went to Kansas City, where... They already had a quarterback. They already had a quarterback. His name was Alex Smith. Alex Smith was a highly drafted quarterback. And they already had him, and he was doing well, and they were going to playoff games. But the coach and the administration said, I think we can do something better. I think we can be better. So what they did is they put him behind a guy who already knew how to play. They put him on a team that was already good. So he just sat there for a year in a, in a while and just learned from a talented team. So then when the coach thought he was ready, he put him in and he immediately started winning. He immediately started throwing touchdowns. He was been to six AFC championship games in a row since he started playing. And he's already won two Super Bowls. But then, Trina, I thought about my Titans. And, and, and my Titans has, have had five different offensive coordinators since uh, Patrick Mahomes has been in the league. We've gone through several coaches in the time since he's been in the league. And I came to the realization that he wouldn't be Patrick Mahomes had he come to the Tennessee Titans. 
It's, it's a hard reality to face that. I, I, I wish I could believe that he would be as great as he is now. But the simple fact is, it was a better situation with a better coach. We've gone through several coaches. That same coach has been there before. That coach is known as a quarterback whisperer. He went to a great offense, but he was in a great environment so his dream could grow. Your environment can kill your dream. And let me tell you the opposite, Titans fans. I remember a young, talented man out of the University of Texas named Vince Young. Vince Young came to a coach that didn't want him. The owner was fighting with the coach, and the coach was fighting with the owner because one wanted to draft him and the other one didn't. He immediately came into a toxic environment, and I think his environment helped to kill his dream. Baby, you can have big dreams all you want to, but if you don't close that door. Oh, come on, talk to Point at your neighbor and say, if you don't close that door. If you don't close that in door, that environment will kill your dream. There are some marriages that are laying on the floor right now. Because you didn't close the front door. And your environment killed your marriage. Oh, some of you all, you're wondering why, why you haven't been promoted, why you haven't gone to the next level on your job. But you dealt with folks who were negative and they were always talking bad about the job. They're always telling you to find something else. And their toxicity killed your dream because you didn't close. Come on in here. The front door. What I'm telling you is a toxic environment will kill dreams, relationships, marriages, and opportunities. And all you had to do was shut the front door. What I'm saying is that God is working on something. Somebody said, God's working on me. He's he's working on me. He's, he's, He's shaping me. And when I say shaping, shaping has one meaning in in, in different aspects and and in different job settings. And and even in education, shaping has a special connotation. What shaping means in education is that you're working on approximations of the final product, even though you're not there. Let me tell you, parents, you do shaping because you're trying to get that kid to say either mama or daddy. And you're going to say, mm, 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 mama, mm, mama. You, what you're doing without realizing do it, you're physically showing them where their lip placement needs to be. I need you to put your lips together. Mm. I need you to push sound in between your pursed lips. And I need you to say, ma, mama. And if they say anything that sounds like M, you're like, there you go. She said, mm, that's mama. <laughs> She's learning. She said, mama first. You know how you, it's a competition. But you're shaping them. You're shaping them to prepare them for the final product. You're putting their lips in position, even though they can't say it yet. And I'm trying to help somebody this morning because God is shaping you. He's preparing you. And the first thing he does is put you in the right position. Somebody say the right position. position. Her lips can't say mama yet, but they're in the right position. So so when she gets it, she's already in the right position. 
Uh, let me help you there. Let me, I want you to think about your own dreams. You can't do it yet. You are not there yet. But I came to tell somebody you're already in the right position. And see, the thing about it is because you can't do it yet, you don't feel comfortable in that position. I want you to get it. You, you don't feel comfortable because I, 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 I'm not there yet. I, I can't do it yet. What, what God is doing is he's pouring you out into a bigger place. And because you're in a bigger place, you don't feel comfortable because you haven't accomplished it yet. You haven't done it yet. You know, when they plant vegetables, when farmers plant things, they plant them in a position understanding that the seed is not, it won't always be that size, but I need to space it far enough apart because when it grows, it needs that space. So even though it doesn't need the space now, I'm putting it in the right. And some of you think some of your friends are falling away. Some of you think that you were exiled or, or you were put to the side or, or they left you or, or the job set you out or, or, or the job fired you. What God was doing, he was clearing enough space because he was putting you. I wish you were here with me. I, I'm trying not to shout up here. He, he, he was clearing space because he was putting you in the right. Oh, you're not going to help me in the right position. A few years ago, when at my house, the, the, uh, one of the trees fell down. And when the tree fell down, Sister Mary, I had to recognize that tree was pretty big. So we planted another tree where that tree had been, but I made sure I gave it enough space because when it grew, I wanted to make sure there was enough space. And I did that by putting it in the right position. <laughs> And, and I'm not going to go through it. I've preached it before. You, I've already told you, 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 you weren't buried, you were planted. And some of you who hadn't heard it, I want you to get that in your spirit. I wasn't buried, I, I, I was planted. And I was put in the right position so I have enough space when I grow. Now get this, I told you there are some things that God's clearing out. <laughs> He's clearing out enough space so that you can get bigger. Because he knows what he wants you to become. And although you can't see it, we, 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 when he does appear, we shall see it because we shall be just like him. But I have so much space, it doesn't seem like I'm touching anything. But, but when I get bigger, God's going to put me in touch with who he wants me to be in touch with. But I need a little time. And that's why he closed the door, because he's still working on what I had left. Oh, let, let me come back. Let me come back. Let me come back here. He, bar he, he didn't bury me. He planted me. He planted me with enough space so that I can grow into what he wants me to be. And even though I'm not making contact right now with anybody else, when I grow, I'm going to touch base with who he wants me to touch base with. But until then, he's closing the door so he can work on what I have left. Somebody say he's working on me. So then he, he tells the woman, he's like, woman, she's like, 
He said, I don't have anything. I, I only have a little oil and I only have a little flour. And she said, that's all I'm working with. But, and the debtors are coming and they're trying to take my sons into slavery. And the prophet says to her, he says, well, go find some empty pots. Go find empty pots. And this is where we lose our blessing. Because we think it's smarter to find pots that are already full. You searching for full pots. But God wants empty pots. You searching for your money and, and for your cars and, and for your homes. You're searching for things that are already completed, that are already full. God said, give me empty pots. Point at somebody and say, God wants empty pots. He wants, he wants empty pots. Now, let me give you this. Sometimes, if you don't know what's going on at somebody else's house, you can see all their pots and think they're full. You jealous of people. With empty pots. Oh, come on now. Some of you, some of you, your life would get better right now if you stop comparing yourself to somebody else. You, you would be in a position to praise the Lord and realize what you already had if you stopped looking in somebody else's house and realizing that their pots are empty. They have a lot of pots. They have a lot of money. They have a big house, but you're looking at pots that are empty. And many of us, we'd rather have an empty pot than wait on God to fill it. We'd rather have a whole bunch of empty pots than have the belief that God can fill those pots. So who are my people with no pots? Where we at? These are my no pot people. These are my oil but no pot people. And these are my pot but no oil people. And I came to tell you, the people over here are jealous of y'all because y'all have a lot of pots. But the people over here don't realize what you already know is that you don't have any oil. They looking at y'all mad. How they get all them pots? God knows I need these pots, but they, they have all the pots. And they mad at y'all. They hating on y'all. They talking about y'all behind your back because they don't recognize it doesn't matter if you have a whole lot of pots. If you don't have any. Oh. And the problem over here, you're living in expectation. You don't have pots but you don't have oil either because the oil won't flow until you have. <laughs> so the woman was over here. She had the potential of oil, but she didn't have any pots. So what the prophet tells her, he said, go borrow a bunch of pots. And he said, don't borrow a few. And the reason these people didn't mind letting you borrow their pots is because they had no oil. If their pots were, y'all not going to talk to me this morning. If their pots 
were full of oil, they wouldn't have given it to you. But because their pots were empty, my Bible says the wealth of the wicked, y'all not going to talk to me, is laid up for the, for the righteous. They wouldn't have given you a pot full of oil, but because their pots were empty, they say you can have these empty pots. I, I don't know what you're going to do with these empty pots. But let me tell you something else. Because these people are just as petty as you, they wouldn't have given you those pots if they knew you had oil. <laughs> because the oil wasn't realized. The oil was potential. The oil was by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The, the evidence of things not seen. If they had seen your oil, they wouldn't have given you their pots. But because they didn't see your oil, they gave you their empty pots. So the woman goes out and she goes into the neighborhood and she says, can I borrow some pots? And her neighbor brings them the empty pots. And when they bring her the empty pots, notice what she does. She doesn't fill them with oil. What does she do first? Somebody talk to me. We talked about this. She closed. She closed the door. And the reason she closed the door before she poured the oil is because she didn't want y'all to know what she was doing with her empty pots. And I came to tell somebody, God wants to bless you. He wants to fill your empty pot, but he's not going to do it until you close the door. And when you close the door, he's going to fill the pot. And when you empty the pot, you can give it back to him and you can borrow it later because they don't know. Point on them and say, you don't know what God is doing for me behind this closed door and if some of you would close your door God says I got something that cannot be explained I've got something that you don't understand now under him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask a thing God said I'm going to blow your mind when you close that door I'm going to fill your pocket when you close that door he said they didn't wait they didn't wait they didn't wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not fade. Come on, put those hands together and give God some. Hallelujah. Everyone standing to your feet. This woman, this woman found out that when she said, she didn't mean to lie, but she lied to the prophet. When he asked her, is there anything in the house? I came to tell you, when she closed the door, she realized there was a miracle in the house. There was a miracle in the house. And that woman is not better than you. That woman's not better. Point at your name and say, that woman's not better than you. She's not better than you. The same God 
that worked a miracle in her house can work a miracle in your house because it's the same, it's the same, it's the same God. If he did it for her, he can do it for me. If he did it for her, he can do it for me. I don't know what miracle you need, but if he did it for her, Thank you, little Osh. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for being the same God. I thank you for being the same God. I said, I thank you for being the same God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you. Because the same God that did it for her. That same God can do it for me. I dare you to say it by faith. Say, do it for me. Lord, do it for me. Do it for me, Lord. Do it for me, Lord. Do it for my family, Lord. Do it for my finances, Lord. Do it for me, Lord. song just that song just rings in my ear right now Lord do it I can't sing it like I want but it just rings Lord do it you've done it before if he's what the song say if he's done it before if he did it before he can do it again that's that same God that woman shut that door and she poured the oil into the vessels And, and, and this is the thing that gets me happy The oil didn't stop flowing until she ran out of vessels. I need you to get that in your spirit. That means the miracle didn't stop until she ran out of emptiness. Until she ran out of empty vessels, the oil continued to flow. That means this is a practice for us. We need to keep being empty. You think emptiness is a problem. God sees emptiness as opportunity. Oh, I need you to write that down. You see emptiness as a problem. God sees emptiness as an opportunity. God is running around looking for emptiness. And he said, if I can find emptiness, then I can fill it. But I can't fill it if you're already full of junk, if you're already full of life, if you're already full of mess. He said, but if I find emptiness, I'm going to feel it if you give me some emptiness. So that's why Paul's saying, I, I, I die. I die daily. I, I get rid of my flesh. I, I pour out my flesh so God can fill me with his spirit. I create emptiness within myself so God can fill me with his spirit. Somebody say, fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord, with your spirit. Let us pray, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for your message. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your scripture, your encouragement, Lord. Lord, you have all. You have potential waiting on us. Lord, the first thing we must do is have faith to believe 
that, Lord, you can do anything. Lord, you can blow our lives. Lord, we must close the door on negative situations and negative people that impact our faith. But, Lord, you said if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can speak to yonder's mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and we can have everything that we ask, and nothing shall be impossible to us. Lord, touch us on this day to live inside your will and inside your word so that we can become exactly what you positioned us to be. And Lord, we claim this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you live by faith until we shall see you again. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.